Wakey, wakey, it's time to go to school. Hey everyone, welcome to Two Takes on Film. My name is Wyatt. Hello, I'm Heather. And that is Heather. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about dreams. Ooh la la. Not as in aspirations. No. Although those are very important Hmm. to have. Well, okay. (laughs) But as in nine-eye time dreams. Nine-nine. Nine-nine sleepy time dreams. Nine-nine sleepy time. Or day-day sleepy time dreams. Yeah. Just, you know what we're saying. Dream dreams. The dream, the, the sleep dreams. Sleepy um, dream time. And you know how a dream <clears throat> is often confusing and random and things happen in orders that don't really make sense. And it feels like there's not a lot of direction or structure um, that's what this episode is going to be like, because <laughs> we uh, don't really know what we're going to talk about. We kind of do, but we also definitely kind of don't. So stick with us. But here we go. Here we go. So last week, we talked a bit on the episode about dreams, my dreams specifically, and how my dreams are often very story focused Mm -hmm. Uh, and I reached out to you guys the audience and asked you to uh, submit to us some dreams that you've had that you think would make for good movies and we are going to talk about a few of those uh, and just kind of discuss whether we think they would make good movies maybe who we think should make them just discuss your dreams in general, the good, the bad, the weird, the whatever. Um, so yeah, Heather, do you want to start us off with a dream that was submitted to you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. So we had a few submitted via DM on Mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, are you going to be going through those ones? A few of them. A few of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, I I just, whenever I have like a crazy dream or something, usually I will tell someone about it, of course, because I want them to know about my crazy dream. Right. So last night as I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep, I thought to myself, I should search in my text messages for the word dream and see what comes up. So I do have a dream that came up from, um, from one of my friends from last year in August. Mm. So I feel like I, I can read that and see what you think about it. Yeah. Okay. So this is a dream that my friend Sarah had. So Sarah, if you're listening, this is your dream and I hope it's okay that I'm sharing it. It's nothing, uh, too personal, but, uh, she said, I had a dream last night that we all went camping, but at night, you guys, as in myself and my roommate, Larissa, beat me up and broke my rib and then left the campsite because you thought I rolled down a hill, but I didn't. Then Moira Rose from 
the great Schitt's Creek, Mm -hmm. came and got me and we went back home. And then I was at work and I found drumsticks. And because I was mad at you guys, I started drumming on the cabinet doors, which apparently was where you slept. (laughs) Inside the cabinet? (laughs) We slept in a cabinet. So she was doing it to annoy us slash to scare us and to let us know that she was alive. Um, So You didn't kill me. Yeah. I lived through it. Are, was she talking about like musical drumsticks or like the ice cream cones? Oh, no, musical drumsticks, I think. <laughs> I However, the ice cream drumsticks are delicious. They are delicious. And that matters to the story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, musical drumsticks is what she was referring to. And she was drumming on the cabinet door to let us know that she had actually, in fact, lived um, well. through the supposed attack and Um, all things to moira rose to moira rose of all people Uh i i wonder if so i like the fact that you guys thought she had rolled down a hill something that could potentially get you all beaten up and bruised yeah but she hadn't and so you guys beat her up oh no i think we beat her up and then we left her there and we left because i well, I I don't know. It oh, felt hard a little bit, but we like were camping. We beat her up. We thought then that after we had beat her up, she rolled down the hill. So we mm-hmm. left, but she didn't, in fact, roll down the hill. I don't know where she was, but Moira Rose came and found her hmm. and took her home. Or maybe like as you beat her up, you kind of like threw down a hill, like whatever she rolled, and you're like, oh, she's gone. She's dead. Like we killed yeah. her. Yeah. But she actually like survived. Yeah, totally. See, I, I interpreted this as like she you guys thought that at some point on your camping trip she had chosen to roll down a hill and that upset you greatly so you decided to beat to the beat crap her up. out of her <laughs> uh no i'm a big fan of hill rolling and and frolicking i know and that's what was so confusing is because i was like if you know heather you know yeah. she sees a hill and she's like hey go roll down that right now it's roll actually kind of down. like extreme and forceful she's made me roll down hills that i really did not want to it's yeah (laughs) never climb a mountain with heather because it gets really (laughs) dangerous towards the top but so i was just confused but that makes a lot more sense now yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) um so if i were to turn this dream into a movie i think i'd see it as like a dark comedy um Mm. i'm imagining something something like a um did you ever see the movie Tammy with Melissa McCarthy? Uh, no, I know what you're talking about, but I did not see it. Okay. Um, it is a great movie. I love that movie. My boyfriend, Mark Duplass, is in it. So um, mm, yes. big, big shout out to him. But Also a big fan of Hill Rolling. Mark Duplass? Yeah. Well, of course. I wouldn't right. love him That's- so much if... If he did right. it. it's like a pre like, a prerequisite to my love. It's really her only qualifier. Yeah. It's you could the you could literally be the worst person in the world, but if you love rolling down hills, you're in. In fact, Mark Duplass is actually a mass murderer. Yeah. But he, he loves disguises rolling down it well. Hills. And he loves a good hill to roll down. Yeah. Yeah. So do his victims. He just tosses it down. That's who taught you. <laughs> <laughs> gonna learn from so, the best i think the real movie here is not your friend's dream but <laughs> a, a young heather meets star 
Mark Duplass yeah. falls in love yeah. because of Naturally. his love for making other people roll down hills. Sure. But then she finds out that all these people she sees him asking to roll down hills are not actually being asked. He's murdering them <gasps> and then rolling their body down hills. But instead of running away, she she tries to understand this. Yeah. And she adopts this method herself and ultimately rolls her, her friend down a hill after mm. beating her up on a camping mm. trip to try to please her her Mark Duplass boyfriend. Yikes. This is hitting but, a little too close to home to my uh <laughs> she makes my one mistake. One mistake. <laughs> she didn't actually kill her friend and her friend rolled down a hill and what do we find at the bottom of hills little valleys like- water water sources and she rolls right into Shit's Creek <laughs> and Moira Rose comes and finds her and saves her and she says no we're not going to let your f- we're not going to let your friend who's dating Mark Duplass get away with this we're going to march up. She knows. How does Moira Rose know that I'm dating they, Mark Duplass? They all know each other. She oh. explained. She, your okay. friend explained to Moira okay. Rose. Okay. Sarah, whoever your friend's yeah. name is. Yeah. She said, we're going we're gonna to grab some drumsticks and we're going to march all the way up to her cabinet. And we're going we're gonna to drum on it to let her know that she did not kill you. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And Yeah. The end. It, um, I mean, I... I personally would go see it. I have. It's a you have movie. seen it? I just made it right now. Yeah. I just yeah. watched it in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's good? Masterpiece. What is, what a, what meta score does it have? Metacritic? Two. A two? <laughs> <laughs> the movie that you just made up in your head gets a two? Misunderstood masterpiece. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Right. It's, it's, also has a two uh or it's it's tied for the worst metacritic score ever with um the croning or whatever that movie is that moira rose moira rose yeah. Yeah. yeah yes the croning or the i don't know i don't remember can you can you talk like her like moira rose mm, i cannot i'm not i'm not even gonna try yeah i, I don't think either. i don't think anyone can i feel like there are some people who can can pull it off i'm sure i'm sure but if you're a listener and you have perfected either a moira rose or an alexis accent i feel like alexis is a lot easier it's easier but it's still so distinct but it's yeah but alexis is just like a stereotype like she's just playing into the like dumb white girl dumb rich white girl stereotype yeah moira rose is like like a alien different dialect accent yeah Yeah. like an accent from an unknown place kind of thing she's brilliant it's amazing yeah well, that's the uh, the first dream I have for you, Sarah. Thank you for sharing that dream with us. Um, thank you, Sarah. Sorry so about you, getting almost killed by Heather. Yeah, yeah just so you know, um, you did ask us about camping again recently. And yeah, so I guess I'll just start some suggesting some places that have a lot of hills around. And, yeah, just pretty um, hilly places. Yeah, We'll go from there. Who knows what could yeah. happen? Yeah. Possibilities are endless. Truly endless, as endless as the hills. I was going to say, as endless as rolling down a a, a never-ending hill. (laughs) (laughs) That would be quite endless. Okay. Moving on. Your turn. To our next dream. This was submitted by Maxwell Henry. 
Hey, Max. Hey, Max. Max is a, a dear friend of mine. We grew up together. And he submitted a dream that he has, a recurring one that he has, that is quite sad yeah. and quite scary. Yeah. Uh, he says that one day he wakes up and his wife, Haley Henry, and her family have just entirely forgotten his role in their life. Terrifying. She now no longer sees him as her husband. The family no longer sees him as son-in-law or, or brother-in-law or, or whatnot. And everything else in his life is normal. He's in the same place, has the same job. But that, he's just no longer a part of Haley's life. And they like 100% deny the fact and basically like make him seem crazy for even thinking that that was the case. Sure. And we discussed a dream last week of mine where someone had stolen my identity, essentially. Mm-hmm. They'd stolen yeah. this podcast yeah. and replaced me. And in it, I reached out to you and you didn't know who I was. Yeah. Then my friends, though they knew me, they like made me sound crazy for saying that this was actually my podcast. Mm-hmm. So I know that this is a very distressing thing oh, because the question no longer becomes, you know, did my wife and her family forget me? It becomes what's more likely that an entire group of people forgot that I like had married their friend, daughter, whoever, yeah, or that I imagined I had married this person is this a dream that Max is having or is this a reality that he has to wake up to after dreaming about marrying Haley? Ooh. World women. We, 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 we may never know <laughs> except for we do because he is really married <laughs> to her. Yeah. yeah. So Real life. he suggested that uh, Haley be played by Florence Pugh, which I know Max loves Florence Pugh as does everyone. Sure. She's fantastic. Also, Haley does look a decent amount like Florence Pugh. Hmm. I mean, not like I wouldn't necessarily say they look super similar, but I mean, out of all like people in the world, yeah, you know, you <laughs> like, find they, look, they look much more similar than like a lot of people look to her. Yeah. Um, also, Max is a big fan of the movie Midsommar, hmm. um, which if you would want one movie to become your life, that would be probably the last one i'd choose <laughs> not not the last but certainly yeah, on very the lower far, end of far the down list. On, yeah but you know you do you max uh and uh, that helps by the fact that midsummer is directed by ari aster it's also a relationship yeah centered psycho horror film mm-hmm. um and i think that ari aster or even someone like jordan peele that was kind of the first name that came to mind when yeah. i first read max's thing um would be someone well suited to make this story that Max mm-hmm. is describing this mm-hmm. this horror film yeah. this nightmare yeah so do any of you guys also suffer from that kind of dream where like mm-hmm. someone important in your life or something important in your life maybe you wake up and you just never actually had the job you have or mm-hmm. something and like no one remembers that you ever had that career or you wake up and you don't actually have a family or or like whatever does I feel like that could be something that a lot of people kind of have sure. nightmares about. Just this yeah. like existential horror of yeah. being like is losing my life. the things that are most important to you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just having them stripped away from you like that. Yeah. And it's made all the worse by them still being very much real mm-hmm. and alive, but just not acknowledging you, mm-hmm. either your existence or your relationship to them, rather than them just like not ever having even been real. I feel like yeah. that's easier to cope with than being like, no, they're right there, but they don't think that I'm, I don't know, their father or like their husband or whoever. Yeah. It's like that one movie, um, is Channing Tatum in it? Is, um, oh my gosh, where they get in the car accident and then the wife forgets oh, everything. side effects. Side effects? Mm, are you talking about side effects? Steven Soderbergh? Channing Tatum's in it? Uh, no, I'm not talking about that one. That is a great oh. movie though. Yeah, it is. Um, no, it. I think it has... Um, Oh my gosh, Rachel McAdams in it. I'm pretty sure she's the wife who lose they get in a car accident, she loses her memory, they are married, and he essentially has to like win her back. Oh, yeah, I think Do you know what King, I'm talking about. It, what's the name of that movie? It's like a Nicholas Sparks movie. Yes, yes. I remember oh, what is the name of that movie? I can look it up. Mm, yeah. But um, it's not about time or it's not about it's no. it's yeah, I do remember what you're talking about. I, I never saw it, but oh. I want to say it's Nicholas Sparks in like 2013. Ooh. We'll see. Okay, let's see. Um, anywho, it the premise, they're a married couple. They get in a car accident. She wakes up and doesn't remember that she's married to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would just for for Channing Tatum's character right right that would That's be the, the hardest worst part is like is it morally wrong for me to insist that she stays with me right right because at that point you're essentially forcing someone to be in a relationship with you which obviously like isn't okay but also you feel responsibility for them and you want to protect them and make sure that they're not like well that they're okay also you love them and have built this like life with them or whatever yeah yeah you were pretty close. It's called it's called the oh, it's called the vow, what? and it came out wow. in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. I was gonna. Oh man, I was gonna say twenty twelve, but it just felt a little little too early. Oh, yeah. Wyatt. Yeah, a car accident puts Paige in a coma, and when she wakes up with severe memory loss, her husband Leo works to win her heart again. Hmm. Leo. 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 And Paige. Leo you and know, Paige. Real person names. I don't know. Those just don't seem like those real are real me. names. No, I know, I know, <laughs> and I know people named Leo, and I know people named Nate, Page, Nate, yeah. Page, Page. Uh, but that just didn't, that just didn't uh, register as as real to me when you read yeah. it. Yeah, super real. Super real. Yeah. Um, I have some movie suggestions for people that I'm gonna sprinkle in throughout this episode. Yeah. Um. Before we get into talking about movies about dreams, I'm just going to cross two movies off the list Mm. uh, for a couple of reasons. One of them is not well seen. Not a lot of people have seen it, although everyone should have seen it. Uh One of them is one of the more famous films of the past 10 years. Both of them heavily center around dreams. Both of them I consider masterpieces, but they're so important to me as films that, and I haven't spoken about them 
too much as far as how I feel about the movies themselves um, on the podcast. And I just don't want to like open that can of worms, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, on this episode. Like they, yeah. they each deserve uh, dozens of episodes just to themselves alone, you know. Uh, so the first is going to be Take Shelter. It's a movie from 2011. One of my all-time favorite movies centers around dreams. It's absolutely fantastic. You should definitely go see it. A little note about it is that the director, Jeff Nichols, actually just signed on to direct part three of the Quiet Place franchise, which we just reviewed two episodes ago. So very, very exciting. Check out all of his work, but especially Take Shelter. Um, And then second, of course, is Inception. And the main reason I don't want to really like talk about Inception on this episode is just because it's for people under 25, 30, it is the dream movie. You think mm. about dreams and movie and it's like, oh yeah, Inception. And it just like too obvious of an answer for a lot of these questions, you know, or mm-hmm. like these suggestions, like mm-hmm. you want to watch a movie about this kind of dreaming? Inception. You want to watch a movie about this kind of dreaming? Inception. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of leave it out. If you haven't seen Inception already, obviously go do so feels highly improbable that you haven't seen it but Mm -hmm. if you haven't definitely i'm not saying like i don't suggest inception for watching i'm just saying that i'm gonna leave it out the rest of this conversation or else it would probably just be my answer to most of the questions sure um so some people just don't dream Hmm. which is it's quite sad is very sad very very sad um I have a friend, Travis Cave, who who I, I reached out to specifically and I said, hey, we're doing an episode on dreams. Like, do you have any dreams that you can remember that would make good movies? And he said to me that he hasn't dreamt since middle school. And I think that might have been an exaggeration. He might have. He at least haven't. He hasn't remembered it. Right. A dream. Right. Yeah. But it really just seems like he he doesn't feel like he dreams very, very often. And I know that's a pretty common occurrence. Like you talk about dreams with people and a lot of like adults will just be like, yeah, I, I just don't really dream. Like if I do, it's very rare and it's minor things that I don't remember. So if you find yourself in that position, I'm going to suggest to you a few movies that I think you should watch. Uh, if you feel like you don't dream. Hmm. The first is called Dreams. It's from 1990. Clever. And it is from Akira Kurosawa, who is one of the most famous directors of all time. He's a Japanese director. This was one of the last movies he ever made. He didn't have any funding to make it. It was just a, a collection of vignettes, short stories. So it's not a it's not a narrative film. It's about an hour and a half long, but it's, I think I want to say like five or six short stories that are just his recurring dreams brought mm-hmm. to life. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have any funding to make it. And so he, uh, a few directors that considered him um, one of their heroes kind of came along and helped produce the movie so that he could get, he was an old man at this point, an old man. Um, but those directors were Martin Scorsese, uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. So wow. obviously big some names, heavy hitters. Came, yeah. Some heavy hitters. And Martin Scorsese actually makes a cameo in the film hmm. playing um, Leonardo, uh, not, sorry. He plays Van Gogh. Mm. I almost said Leonardo da Vinci, um, which I know are like not at all the same people. I don't know why <laughs> I just got those mixed up in my head, but yeah. Um, uh, Martin Scorsese, not the, not the world's 
uh, most talented actor, but it's fun to see him pop up in a little yeah. cameo role playing another extremely praised artist. Yeah. Um, but this is just, I think it can make good inspiration for someone who doesn't dream a lot. Hmm. Um, the, the different stories focus on anything from death, destruction to more positive things, hope, life, this, that, you know, hope, life, this, that, hmm. whatever. You things. know how it is. Yeah, you know how it is. But uh, it's, this is going to sound so funny to say, but it's a very dreamlike movie, sure. obviously. Sure. And it's just a joy to watch. It's a joy to watch an old man, an old filmmaker in his old age say, you know, I'm done directing these massive, massive films, hmm. but I kind of want to just put some of my recurring dreams out there you yeah. know, and bring them to life. And it's done very beautifully. The set pieces are really interesting um, mixtures of sets and paintings hmm. that he, you know, this is 1990. So there's like a scene where he's walking through this wheat field and it's obviously a painting and he's obviously like digitally imposed walking through it, but it's cute and it's, it's fun. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's a good, good watch. Um, suggestion number two for people who don't feel like they dream mm-hmm. is Upstream Color. This is a film from Shane Carruth. Shane Carruth made a movie called Primer in 2009. Hmm. If you haven't seen Primer, it's one of the best time travel movies of all time. Ultra, ultra low budget. He, to date, has like all of his films he's directed, written, uh, you know, composed for, done the cinematography for, starred in, like done everything for. Wow. Um, but Primer is notoriously like one of the most complicated films to understand of all time, but it's very, very good. Upstream color is his follow-up and I can't even really tell you what it's about. I've seen the film obviously. And I, I, there's these people and this machine and also this pig farmer and this game of chess and they're connected, but there's also these robot. It's a lot going on. It's huh. very, very trippy, but it watching it feels like you're dreaming. Hmm. Partially because it's so insane. And yeah. but it's also just extremely atmospheric. I mean, it just drips with this kind of narrative cohesiveness, or not even narrative cohesiveness, but um uh emotional cohesiveness throughout these really random events. Like some of the things that happen are very, very odd off putting in some ways, similar to how in a dream, maybe you don't realize it while you're dreaming, but you think about it later and you're like, why was I not super weirded out by the fact that like that thing just showed up and like started being a part of the story Yeah. But in the, in the dream, it makes sense. And especially towards the beginning of film, you can definitely feel that way of just like, what? what's going on but then it really sucks you in and by the end even though you really don't grasp what's going on at least the first time around um viscerally you just very much feel a part of the story and like i said i just think that it it feels like you're dreaming it feels like you're watching a dream and and some of the most like frustrating ways of a dream where you're like things are happening and you're like, I don't understand the connection. Like I can't put two and two together because maybe you just don't understand it yet. Maybe there isn't a real connection, mm-hmm. but also in a very beautiful, poetic, melancholic way. Um, I really, really love the film. It's heavily influenced by works of like inception uh, or something like that. 
you can definitely see those, um, but in a much, much more experimental take. Hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're a fan of experimental art house films that are very trippy, definitely give Upstream Color a watch. Wow. And then my third and final suggestion for people yeah. who cannot dream is a movie called Waking Life from 2001, mm-hmm. I believe. It's directed by Richard Linklater, who's the director of the Before Trilogy, Boyhood, Days and Confused, The Scanner Darkly. We've talked about him a couple different times on this podcast, mm-hmm. I feel like. Uh, but this movie is a very interesting blend of um, animation and like live capture performances although Mm. it's like way back in 2001 so these things were not very advanced it's very very trippy to watch and basically it stars a character named main character as he walks through a dream and talks to people about dreams Hmm. so really this isn't necessarily even a suggestion for um people who can't dream it's just like the most dream dream movie there is like the whole point of the movie is a guy's in a dream and talks to other people about dreams Dreams. and like half the people he talks to are actual like psychologists and people who study this who just like lent their voices to the movie and have like very intense conversations about like intensely scientific conversations about it but then some of them he's like talking to Ethan Hawke who's a frequent uh, collaborator of Richard Linklater and and just talking to him very casually about dreams Um, but it also feels like you're you're dreaming as you watch it mostly because it is supposed to be like one guy's dream. Mm -hmm. Um, But a very interesting film as well. That's amazing. I haven't seen any of those films, so that's okay. I have some, some dream work to do. (laughs) Cause dream works. Dream works. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Do you want to give your other, your other one? Sure. Yeah, I can give one more. Um, So this one is one that I actually had. um, And I think I, I might've mentioned it in last week's recording when we were talking about dreams. I have a note on my phone where if I have a super vivid dream, I try to write it down in this note on my phone um, to remember it. However, as I went back and looked at that note, it seems as though I choose uh, a specific theme of dream that I like choose to write down. Mm-hmm. And they're typically, um, they're just the more like lovey emotional ones. So I'm not going to talk about those because those are just, I don't, I don't need to put those like out Mark on the podcast, Duplass, you know, you know, sweeps you off your feet, that kind of thing. Yes, except Mark Duplass is like actual people in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to air all of that out. However, this one was one that I found as I was going through my text messages yesterday. And I had texted my friends. I had said, I said, I just had a dream where I found myself living with random people in Mexico. And I ended up getting my hands on some crack. And I totally regretted it but I still had it on me. And so I decided to flee in the middle of the night. And I was quickly running around Mexico with a bag of crack, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And as I read that, I can, I can picture 
the dream again. And that is what is so interesting about dreams is that I have a visual memory of that dream. Mm -hmm. And I was in like, I was in Mexico, but I was, I can only describe it as a mall. (laughs) Like I was in a room in a mall, but in the room it had bunk beds and I was, I was living there with like a family and as i was in the room i came to the realization that i had drugs in my backpack and there was a police officer who was there and i started feeling so guilty knowing that i had drugs in my backpack and i had to get away which mm-hmm. is kind of surprising i don't i don't think i normally would take myself as the type of person that if i had illegal substances on me and there were police in front of me I don't think I'd be the kind of person to, to run to run like yeah. I think I would just confess and, and be cry. like oh, yes yeah. 100% but I somehow fled <laughs> and I just had my backpack with the drugs in it and decided mm. to leave literally in the middle of the night I didn't have a car I was just walking around Mexico with a, a bag full of drugs and um I remember being terrified in my dream. This is like traffic meets 21 grams meets no country for old men meets Heather's fun adventure time in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is definitely something I want to (laughs) watch. Heather's fun adventure time in Mexico or the the combination of all the combination of of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, having experienced the dream myself, I I would love to see it as a movie, mm-hmm. which you just suggested or named three that came yeah. to mind. So yeah, that was Good my stuff. dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, another dream that was that was given to me was from my dear sister Lauren, my oldest Hi, Lauren. sister. Hello, Lauren. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. That's so formal. Hello, so Lauren. Formal. <laughs> oh man, I sounded like an estranged, strict mother that like hadn't seen her in a long time because she Lauren. ran off to lead like a hippie life and a hippie she life came back to the state after years. And I was like, "Hello, Lauren." <laughs> Does Lauren li- live a, a hippie life? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lauren. <clears throat> she she sent me a text of a dream that I found kind of quite quite amusing. Um, this was a dream she had leading up to her wedding to my Ooh, now brother-in-law, yeah. Sam. Um, she said that in this dream, so I was in the wedding. I was in Sam's groom groomsman party. I almost said sure. bridal party. Um You're a part of the bridal party, even as Oh, a true, boy. true, true, true. Yeah. They're all yeah. bridal party. What's yeah. Bridesmaids. There we go. I couldn't you were think of, a groomsman. I, I know. I know. I couldn't oh. think of the term of oh. the bride's little little posse. Her maids. Um, <laughs> her maids. Oh, that's kind of, yeah. Quite literally. Bridesmaids. Yeah. yeah. True. Um, anyway, so it was here in Medford. They live in, in Australia. In Australia. They, <laughs> they live in Arizona. That'd be cool. <laughs> Just, I'm getting a lot of things That's wrong, story, and we That's haven't prophetic. even gotten to the green part yet. I'm just saying real things that are actually true in real life, and I can't even get that right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. So they live in Arizona. <laughs> they came up to Medford for the wedding because yeah. that's where we're all from. And so when I finally met his whole groomsmen party, because I hadn't met most of his the guys in the party because they were like his brother and friends of his from down there. Um, apparently we all really hit it off, got along, which we we did get along. Apparently, no, no, we did get along, but like extremely so. Yeah. To the point where Lauren began to get a little uh, confused at what was going on, how Wait. how close we were getting. Is what, are we in the dream now? Uh. We are. Also, okay. <laughs> Lauren, I know that like she texts me like this dream in like two sentences. Yeah. I'm adding a You're lot of filler to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm elaborating a lot. Okay, so, cool. So Lauren starts noticing that we're really getting along almost suspiciously. Uh-oh. Like, we, like we've just forever been this group of friends. Hmm. And, you know, she she's doing her wedding stuff, getting ready, and we're all hanging out in the other room. And she uh, hears some singing. Hmm. going on and uh turns out that we have decided to form a boy band Ooh. A party yes and this boy band became very successful and we go on tour and it sweeps lauren into this world of touring with a band and an international sensation which obviously she was not prepared for she was looking to get married you know go on her honeymoon then head back to Australia and yeah. settle down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> head back to Arizona <laughs> and settle down. But she's supportive of her brother, of her mm. husband, mm. of our friends. And she says, you know what? Okay. I'll uh I'll 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 be a part of this for as long as it lasts because obviously the world loves us and they want to hear our music. Sure. And we travel the world. But then Lauren finds out that our boy band is actually a front. <laughs> For a spy organization no. that we are all a part of. No. And she is very upset because this is not the life that she signed up for. But now she's entrapped in this story of espionage and singing. And <laughs> it's like Pitch Perfect meets Cars 2. <laughs> <laughs> Cars that's the espionage film that you're that's using a, to reference. That's the spy film that I'm going with. <laughs> Obviously, the best spy film of all time. Oh, I is love Cars, Cars 2. Yeah. I, <laughs> the whole Cars franchise is just so top notch. It's Pitch Perfect meets Cars 2 meets Agent Cody Banks. Ooh. And add in a little bit of Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, That's I just thought that, that, was a, that was a funny story. I also like that what she took away from it was not like you know the danger of that lifestyle or anything. It was, she was just like annoyed. M- my sister's a very like calm person. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. I don't think she's not one for uh, go 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 go. You know, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. So being on tour something yeah. like that would already be stressful and then also like you know saving the world from imminent threats sure would, you just like i think they would just add a bit of stress to her life yeah just really slightly. puts a damper on things slightly yeah getting so, married uh, feels stressful enough true she she did not sign up for all that no but it's not the life she chose it's the life 
that chose her. I have a question for you. This isn't about dreams. This is just, I mean, maybe what is your, your dream for your future? Thinking of this idea of, um, of a bridal party and also of a singing boy band. Do Uh you imagine at your wedding when you are the groom, do you think you would ever surprise your bride at the reception with a choreographed song and dance with your groomsmen? I don't do anything choreographed. That's rule number one. I live okay. by. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'll change my question. Could you <laughs> could you imagine doing a an improvised song and dance with your groomsmen for your bride at your wedding reception? No, I really don't. Yeah, I'm just not like about that, and I don't think that the person I'm going to marry is also going to be like about that. Yeah, I'm like. I I love weddings. I really do. Like yeah. I love love. I love like the festivities of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like, you know, I'm not the one getting married, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me as much. But even then, like a lot of weddings that I go to that I enjoy, they're just so much like cringy things that happen that I'm just like, I would never want to do that at my wedding. Like yeah. even reading vows out loud. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like hearing other people's vows. Like I feel like it's a private thing. I want to read my vows to my future wife and Uh her to me in private before the wedding. And then like, that's for us. It doesn't need to be like, you know, over a microphone. I don't need Mm -hmm. to sneak in little funny, like jokes in there or whatever. Mm -hmm. Cause it's not like, I don't like that. It's like an event, you know? Mm. And then I feel like it's not maybe as honest as it would be because Mm. you know you're like reading them for everyone in front of people yeah yeah so then like Mm. why are you doing it that's literally the whole point of vows is like these deep deeply like sacred Mm -hmm. vows to one Mm -hmm. another don't you think that's something that should be like you know just between you Hmm. i don't know i think i think people view reading their vows out loud as like a public kind of um announcement of their commitment to one another yeah but that's what getting married is (laughs) (laughs) like why are you trying to prove to people that you know each other or that you that you love each other and are committed to each other you know each other (laughs) why are you trying to prove to all your friends and family that you love and committed are to the person that you're literally getting married to in front of them isn't that enough (laughs) like i don't think vows are like uh a sign of commitment i think Mm -hmm. that they're just like deeply personal um promises to one another about Mm -hmm. like the intimate parts of your relationship and like what that will look like moving forward and Mm -hmm. or or, you know or always or or whatnot yeah something to be like shared anyway that's just i like i don't think that the person i'm gonna marry i feel like they will just have to be more in the mindset that I am as far as that kind of thing, or else Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't be marrying them to begin with. Not Mm -hmm. because of that one thing. I just assume that someone with that mindset is a personality that I would like fall in love with. Mm -hmm. And then that, like, if you don't even really want to read your vows out loud due to the fact that it's like weird and cringy, then I don't (laughs) think that she's going to want me to choreograph some dance (laughs) with my groomsmen. Sure, 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 like, sure. You know, do for her before the little toss or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
cool. Just curious. Could you envision yourself doing that? A choreographed song and dance? Just something like that. You know, one of those things. Um, I don't think so. I... Go what? Ahead. Oh, um... I'm not a particularly like performative person. So I think there's already going to be enough attention on me at my wedding Mm -hmm. that I don't need the added pressure of like performing an actual thing. And also that's just never something that I have done. I feel like the people, the types of people who end up doing that at their reception are like performers, you know? Like naturally in their life. It is, or it's also people that are not performers, but are marrying people that like that. And so they're purposely doing it as like a ha ha, that person, especially like, I feel like often the groom Mm -hmm. is like more reserved and he's marrying a woman who's, who's more um, outgoing or or that kind of thing. And so it's kind of like, oh, look, he's, he's doing Doing it for for her. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, I can be a very performative person. I can also, I don't feel like I am, but there are plenty of times where I am like very vocal or outgoing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that like my fiance would need that or my then wife or whatever Mm -hmm. would see that as like, wow, he really is stepping out of his comfort zone to like do this for me. It would just kind of be like, why, why are you doing this? <laughs> why are you doing this don't, to me? No, please don't do this. <laughs> like, this is just weird and embarrassing. It, I think it would almost feel more like a show for me to get laughs rather yeah. than this like show of like, look what I am willing to put myself through for you. Yeah. Because my wife ideally would be like, don't, don't put yourself through Don't that do for that. Me. I don't, don't do want that. you to do that. Like, <laughs> I know you don't want to do this and I don't want you to do this. So yeah. let's just not. Yeah. But so here's the thing. Would you appreciate that from, from um, someone at your wedding? Probably. Like not you doing it. I mean, probably yeah. if it was my husband, not just yeah. like some rando, but yeah, if it was my husband and he. <laughs> some the, random person's like, I'm going to do a <laughs> dance for you. I've made something for you. <laughs> I'm gonna do a dance for you. Um, that would be a memory for sure. I didn't get you anything on the registry, but <laughs> <laughs> I have prepared a dance. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'd I'd probably be pretty intrigued by that. But mm-hmm. but yeah, if my husband had taken the time to to learn something, I think I think ultimately at my wedding, anything that my husband does, I'm probably gonna find adorable. So. Right. You know, it yeah, could and it be depends on the whatever. Person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would I would be open to receive that, sure. As yeah. long as it's not like um as long as I don't feel embarrassed by it, you know? Right. Like I feel like there are different kinds. <laughs> this is going way off topic. I'm so sorry. Um no, but like there are different kinds of routines that people do at wedding receptions. Some are like cute and cheesy and that's great. That's probably what I would enjoy more. I don't want like the whole, um, I don't know, like macho, seductive, whatever. That's just, that's just weird in front of like our family and friends. (laughs) I I don't need him to do any of that. Yeah. It, it is very strange and I get the like the joke of it, but also like 
Why is it a joke? I feel like, like it's you are so... about to marry this person. You should be very attracted to them. Totally. Ideally. Like totally. So I think it's so dependent upon the couple and their relationship. Yeah. You yeah. know, like some couples, I don't know, maybe all of that is just like what they find funny or what they find enjoyable or what they've always talked about. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't not like all like wedding theatrics. There's some most weddings I've been in. They do a thing where like when the party is reintroduced at the reception mm -hmm. that we do something funny yeah you know course. like uh, as you're walking out yeah like at lauren's yeah. wedding i was lined up with macy my little sister yeah so i like jumped on her back or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or i don't know like well i mean i that is what we did but like something just like silly or whatever yeah. for two seconds before we like go to our seat at the head table. totally that's like fine and dandy or whatever yeah you know yeah it's not like at my wedding i'd probably do it because why do I care? Like that just, that's no worry for me. Like, yeah. They have to do that. I don't have to do anything when I come out. They just stand and cheer because you're the one who got married. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, of you know. course. But, uh, um, oh man, I was going to ask you another questions about, uh, about like weddings and if you would, what you would do. I can't remember. As long as there are lots of grassy hills and Mark Duplass, I'm a happy girl. <laughs> All right, everyone for this next part. <laughs> The the newlywed couple really wants everyone to roll down this <laughs> roll big down hill. This hill. <laughs> and if you make it to the bottom, you win a won't. prize. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> Life. Uh, <laughs> fun stuff. <laughs> we uh we just got a last minute insert. Someone submitted a dream. Oh. It's from someone named Kevin. It says, once I dreamed of being a normal cricket and having a normal cricket life with my normal cricket wife. Oh. Kevina. Kevina. <laughs> I just wanted to make my home in a desk behind where this monster recorded but unfortunately that dream was cut short because he killed me with his chaco <laughs> with his chaco and end of dream for kevin dream two kavina's revenge uh, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh all the crickets are gonna start coming after you just kidding he can't dream he's dead yikes you heard Last night we're on the phone and there was another cricket very loudly next yeah, to me. Yeah, I think they I are remember. coming back for me. I don't know if it was just Kevin's ghost or like, you know. Oh no, I'm his, sure. I'm sure it's or, a relative. Or Kavina herself. Yeah. Did you like how I named life and wife? Yeah, I, I, really mean, did. I didn't even mean to do it. The poetry of Kevin's story was just flowing. Just it just runneth over. Yeah. Spill it. Spilleth out spilleth of. Spilleth over. Spilleth out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, did you want me to talk about the research that I did or did you have something that you were going to use to segue into me talking about my research? Well, I did, but I guess now, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no. So the next part, next part, kind of dreaming, I don't know, 
style of dreaming. <laughs> you know, you got your different dreaming styles. Um, your different styles. Next type of dreaming we're going to talk about is lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming, as most of you guys probably know, is the term for when you are aware of the fact that you are in a dream. Mm -hmm. This is reportedly common for some people. It is sometimes, you know, some people like have never even come close to this happening. I have a stat for you. 55% of individuals have at least one lucid dream in their life. I have one dream my entire life that I remember that I was aware, like very explicitly aware. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There have been other times, especially times where it's like, sometimes I dream when I'm really, really exhausted and yeah. like low on sleep or like really restless. So I'll be like mm -hmm. awake multiple times in the night and kind of yeah. keep going back. And so when I think back to it the next morning, I'm like, man, what parts was I like actually awake? What parts yeah. was I not? Yeah. But then like, I find that during those, because I think my mind is just so confused as what's going on. It's not that I know I'm dreaming, but like my mind is aware that something is like not quite right. Mm -hmm. That is just like off. Like it's not quite reality, mm -hmm. but there's only one dream I have that I specifically remember like in the dream thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm dreaming. I want to like fly. And I like flew or whatever. Yeah. I was like in high school. Um, but besides that, some people say that they have this pretty often. Mm -hmm. um, so I asked Heather to do some research on how you can lucid dream. No mm -hmm. one knows if there's actual scientific ways. Mm -hmm. There have been studies done that actually do prove that like eating before bed or I don't know, doing certain things or whatever does like increase the brain's activity in the areas where dreams take place. But there's no like direct proof that if you do any certain thing mm -hmm. that will 100% like directly lead to more dreams. Um, but there are things that people believe and there are things that people believe you can do to help yourself lead yourself into a mm -hmm. lucid dream. Mm -hmm. um, I hear I've heard people talk about this before, like researching it and. I hear it like, like I've seen videos of people claiming that basically they follow these steps and they just enter this own dream playground during the night for them to just like do whatever. And I mm -hmm. think that's kind of not true. Not trying to say that they're lying, but like, I don't know. I it kind of sounds like you are, <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what I'm doing, but maybe it is true. Maybe that's something you can achieve. And if you're interested yeah. in that, Heather's going to give you some tips on yeah. how you might be able to achieve that. Yeah, so I'm going to preface all of this by saying um, I am uh, no, expert. no expert on this. I went to Google school for a little bit this, uh, tonight um, before we like started recording yeah. <laughs> and, um, and found a really helpful article and compared it against a few other articles. And it seems like these are the ways that you can bring on lucid dreaming. Um, so... There are, let's see, five different steps that can help you. Uh, the first of which is reality testing. So what you're going to need to do several times throughout the day is to test your reality. And this is just going to help your mind. Um, it's going to help train your mind to notice your own awareness. So the ways that you can do this is by one, asking yourself if you're dreaming, two, check your environment to confirm whether or not you're dreaming and three notice your own consciousness and how you're interacting with your environment now here's how people might do that um 
looking in a mirror check in a mirror to see if your reflection looks normal, um, solid objects, pushing your hand against a wall or like, um, push your fingers into your palm to see if it goes through, look at your hands. Do they look normal? Um, time. If you're dreaming, the time on a clock will constantly change, but if you're there or if you're awake, it'll barely change. Um, anyways, so those are some things just throughout the day several times throughout the day, do some of these things to, to just test your reality. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are some of the first things. Um, yes. And doing this multiple times a day will train your mind to repeatedly like do the reality checks so that while you're dreaming, oh, I see. doing the reality so checks my, can help lose the dreaming. thing was going to say, or I was going to say, those are all ways to test like if you are in a dream, but you yeah. have to have like the original yeah. idea that that could be a possibility. So how do yeah. you, so you're saying do that throughout the day in real yes. life. Yes. To train then, your mind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so pick one of those things and do it multiple times a day. Okay. Secondly is the technique that is called wake back to bed. So you enter REM while you're still conscious. So here's how you do it. Practically set an alarm for five hours after your bedtime, then go to sleep as usual. When the alarm goes off, stay awake for 30 minutes. And they suggest enjoying a quiet activity. However, something that involves your full alertness. So something like reading a book, like you have to be actually awake and engaged for that. Do that for 30 minutes and then fall back asleep. And you will be more likely to lucid dream when you fall back asleep. Hmm. Personally, personally, that feels terrible to me. <laughs> if, <laughs> if anyone can go sleep for exactly five hours then wake up and just immediately start reading a book and stay awake and engaged for 30 minutes for 30 minutes. And then that fall back asleep. very impressive. There's no way I'd fall right back asleep. I think, I think I could do the waking up and jumping into reading or something. I think I could do that just fine. However, I don't think I'd be able to fall back asleep. Yeah. I don't know. For maybe 30, I would. Minutes. But you have 30, 30 minutes. minutes yeah. And when you're up and like actually engaged in act in an activity, like if I'm mm. gonna read a book, I'm gonna have to turn my light on. Like your body, and I guess that's the point. Like your body is waking up, but then yeah, I think but then you're forcing it back to sleep. On I guess five hours isn't a lot of time um to have slept before. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, there's mornings where I wake up. Like I get ready, I go to work, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a couple hours later, I'm like on a break and I'm go out and I'm sitting in my car. I'm like, wow, I could fall back asleep right now. You yeah. know, I've been awake for like four hours and yet yeah. I can fall back asleep. But then there's other mornings where I wake up and as long as I like get myself to the kitchen or to the shower, mm -hmm. I'm like, no way I'm falling back asleep. Like I'm yeah. ready to go. So, yeah. and it doesn't always depend on how much or little sleep I got leading up to that waking totally. up just at random so yeah i i don't know yeah i don't know if i'd be able to fall back asleep especially like mm -hmm. you said doing something not just like going mm -hmm. and standing in the shower but like mm -hmm. reading or something yeah yeah i don't know hmm. but that's one of the ways um that's called wake back to bed wake um to bed. the third i have sorry something yeah. that came to mind when you said wake back to bed that i think yeah. would be interesting and possibly like 
a way to do the first thing, a way to, Uh I know that this isn't something you could practice throughout the day in real life, but if you are in a dream Mm -hmm. and you have some sort of hint that like, maybe it's possible that this isn't real, Mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to try to go to sleep in the Mm -hmm. dream Mm -hmm. to like try to dream in the dream. And then maybe your body would just be like, oh, we can't do this because we're already here. And then you'd be lucid dreaming. Yeah. There's, yeah. Some, Is I that think, a method? I think we might get to that eventually. Oh. oh. Um, we'll keep going. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think this it's part of this next one. Um, this next one is called, mm, I'm not really sure how you pronounce this, Mnemon- I think it might just be mnemonic <laughs> Worcestershire. Uh, <laughs> hey, audience, uh, can anyone can anyone properly say that Worcestershire? Worc- right? Worcestershire. Please tell I think us it's how Worcestershire. Worcestershire. No, Worcestershire. The Shire. Just the Shire. <laughs> the worst. The, the worst Shire. The worst Shire. Yeah good enough it's it's the title of of the village um in the in middle earth that everyone just hates they're like oh that's the the worst shire Shire." yeah like out of the couple shires there are (laughs) even though it's just one shire that one's the worst that one's the worst yeah yeah um well i think this word is probably mnemonic induction of lucid dreams you Mm. make the intention to remember that you're dreaming so it's best used when you wake up in the middle of a dream um but first as you fall asleep think of a recent dream um secondly identify a quote-unquote dream sign or something that's irregular or strange in the dream an example would be the ability to fly um then if you were to to wake up as you're going back to sleep, think about returning to the dream, acknowledge that the dream sign only happens when you dream. So you can't mm-hmm. actually fly, but like flying is but a sign you that can't? you're in a dream. Then I want to meet you. Yeah. Audience, <laughs> can you fly? Can you fly? I know Most that you, you like fly. anyone can fly, but like without the help of something, an object. Next episode, Heather's going to research ways that you can teach yourself to fly. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I love this for me. Um, Lastly, tell yourself the next time I dream, I want to remember that I'm dreaming and just keep reciting that phrase in your head. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I will. Number four, keep a dream journal. Number four. This will help you notice the different dream signs and pat- and patterns and will help you remember your dreams better. Best if you write it down as soon as you wake up. That's what I do. If I ever wake up and I remember a dream, well, I guess not with all of my dreams. I don't do this, but I need to be better at, you know, whatever, all of them. Mm-hmm. Write it down on a note or in a mm-hmm. journal or whatever, and that will actually help you remember your dreams better in the future. Okay? Interesting. Okay. Uh, and Sounds then last, like a plan. Last oh, but, sorry. <laughs> there's a little more. Last but not least, wake-initiated lucid dreaming, also known as wild. A wake-initiated <laughs> lucid dream happens when you directly enter a dream from waking life. It's said that wild helps your mind stay conscious while your body goes to sleep. So um, it says this one is difficult to learn 
practice the other dream inducing techniques and that will increase your chances of being able to do this one. Yeah. Now, as I was doing some research about this, it was quite interesting. Uh, one of the things that it talked about was how you may need to wake yourself up from a lucid dream. So if you're in a lucid dream and maybe it's scary or it's turning into a nightmare or you don't want to be there anymore. Um, here are the ways that you can wake yourself up from a lucid dream. One, call out for help. It's said that yelling in your dreams tells your brain it's time to wake up. Or if you manage to speak out loud, you might wake yourself up by speaking hmm. out loud. Um, two, blink. Repeatedly blinking may help your mind get ready to wake up. Three, fall asleep in your dream. If you're aware that you're dreaming, go to sleep in your dream so you can wake up in real life. <laughs> it's all very weird. Or four, read. Try to read a sign or a book in your dream, and that could activate part of your brain that isn't being used in REM. Interesting. So some benefits of lucid dreaming is that it helps with nightmares. It's actually a therapy technique that can be used to help with PTSD or anxiety or depression or substance abuse. Um, so that's pretty cool. However, there are some cautions. It can give you sleep issues, especially if you're using the technique that's like fall asleep for five hours and then wake right. up for 30 minutes. Um, that's not great. It can also lead to derealization. So really blurring the lines in your mind of what is reality and what is dreaming. Um, and then again, because of those sleep interruptions, it can actually exacerbate depressive symptoms. So although it says it can help with depression, it can also make it worse. <laughs> um, nice. And it can also cause sleep paralysis. Very scary. Which is terrifying. I, I was going to say, cause like not being able to wake up from a lucid dream, I think at that point you would just be in a coma. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Not, yes. Not good. Which not is terrifying. Yeah. The reading thing is interesting. I guess when you're yeah. dreaming, it's all much more like sensation based mm -hmm. and you're just kind of like, I feel like the dreams you're having are a result of like sensations within your brain mm -hmm. rather than reading, which is like a direct input of information and yeah. like having to analyze it. So yeah doing something like that takes your brain mm -hmm. forces your brain to analyze like what it's seeing or what it's doing, yeah. which would either just wake you up because your brain starts functioning or at least like help you with the lucid. Cause like in my mind, if you are in a lucid dream and you feel like you can control things, I guess mm -hmm. there's a difference between being aware that you're dreaming and like being in full control of your dream. Right. Which is in lucid dreaming, you're able to control it. Hmm. Like you're able, if, like a choose your so own like, adventure type of thing. Yeah. But is there stages where you are aware of the fact that you're dreaming, mm -hmm. but you're not able to control it? Not sleep paralysis, but like a middle yeah. ground where the stuff is still happening to you. Like it's like a dream you're moving around. Yeah. But you, just because you're aware that it's not necessarily real mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you can like stop it from happening. Because if mm -hmm. you are in full control, then why would a lucid dream ever get to the point where it got too scary? Just tell it to stop. You know, like if you're yeah. in full control of your dream, why would you ever get to the point where you're like, I have to get out of here yeah. because of this like danger. You could just be like, wait, no. Yeah. I don't, don't. It's not real. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. The last thing that I will mention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will. I should. Now that I have mm -hmm. some uh, some tips as to how. Um, but the last thing that I'll mention about it is that they say that if you play 
video games consistently, um, that actually helps you remember your dreams better, both lucid dreams and just regular dreams. Um, video games are also like world building. Yeah. Like fictional, highly vibrant. It's a world where you can have control over it in your mm-hmm. movements and yeah. some aspects of the plot, but not everything. Um, so frequent video gaming may actually boost your dream recall. So if you're a gamer, I would love to know, do you dream more often? Are your dreams really vivid? Do you remember them? Hmm. I don't know. Seems cool. What I was saying about being in full control or not, and, and therefore being able to um, stop things is, so I had talked to a friend of mine, Joey Wahlberg. Hi, Joey. Mm-hmm. Hi, Joey. Um, and he was telling me about an experience he had fairly recently where he was lucid dreaming. But in mm-hmm. the dream, and maybe I'm misremembering, maybe like bad things were happening and then he started started lucid dreaming and stopped Mm -hmm. them or vice versa. From what I remember, he remembered he was dreaming the whole time, but like it was just like his regular day, but like bad things just started happening. He wasn't very specific with what it was, Mm -hmm. but they just kind of like catapulted off each other and it just got worse and worse and worse to just like complete chaos. So I'm curious, like if he was lucid dreaming, why not stop that from Mm -hmm. happening? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There is a documentary I looked up called Wake Up, Exploring the Potential of Lucid Dreaming Ooh. from 2009. I've not seen this documentary. I cannot vouch for the uh, legitimacy or mm-hmm. quality or anything mm-hmm. like that, but mm-hmm. it is the first thing that came up when I Googled documentaries about lucid dreaming. <laughs> so I'm not even sure if it's available anywhere, but maybe that's something you want to check out. Wow. We're going to need to write down all the movies that you suggested. And uh, I and have dropped quite a few. Quite, quite a, a few. few. The Science of Sleep is also a movie hmm. about an artist who dreams often mm-hmm. um, and is kind of inspired by that. It's uh, directed by Michael Gondry, who directed Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, mm. uh, which in itself is not a movie about dreaming, but it's kind of like there are elements of it that feel dreamlike if that makes sense mm-hmm. you've seen eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um i haven't actually oh well <sighs> sorry cool. um but it, like a movie like total recall or source code where it's not uh, you haven't seen any of these <laughs> movies have you <laughs> okay but they're, they're not sounds familiar <laughs> they're not specifically dreaming but they are in like states of physical hibernation while their mind is involved in this like story or something uh-huh. like that. Oh, I totally have seen source code. Yeah, you definitely have. It's yeah. uh from oh what's his name? Don't tell me. Um oh what's his first name, the director? Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. Not Fellows, that's a singer. It's very basic. I know. Duncan Jones. Yeah. Duncan Jones is the son of David Bowie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Duncan. Cool. So Duncan Jones directed in 2009 a movie called Moon with Sam Rockwell. Hmm. That's a really, really good, again, pretty like simple, low budget sci-fi film. Um, and then he directed Source Code, which was 
also very, very good. Suffered a bit from studio meddling and a convoluted ending, but overall, well executed. People liked it. And then his career since then has been... Uh, if he directed the World of Warcraft uh, adaptation in like 2016, as well as a Netflix movie called Mute with Paul Rudd and Peter Skarsgård in 2019, 2020? 18. Ugh. It was way off. <laughs> um, but those were, uh, uh, Mute was actually supposed to be like a, taking place in the same world as um, Moon which is interesting because they don't have anything to do with each other story-wise. Hmm. But anyway, that's a little bit behind the director of source code. Not that that wow. matters at all, but yeah, that's okay. Dropping things. Yeah. Um, Wizard of Oz famous movie about dreams. I'm just naming movies about dreams. Um, Nightmare on Elm street, obviously famous movie about dreams. Um, but one that I highly, highly suggest, and this is rounding back to, uh, us talking about inception if you are a fan of inception um i suggest to you the movie paprika from 2006 it's a japanese animated film and it is the largest influence on inception Hmm. there's like to an extreme degree there's a scene where a girl looks in a mirror and it like shatters there's a scene with a warped hallway chase you know like the influence on inception watching paprika cannot Hmm. be like um overstated i'm not saying that's a bad thing yeah every like all art is copying your favorite art like that's just what it is sorry if if you think everything's original you're just like wrong (laughs) Um, (laughs) nothing's nothing's original nor should it be um i mean it's just impossible like you art should be influenced by it's impossible yeah to not bring that influence in somehow and even in like direct ways, yeah. um, it's about uh, a machine in the future that allows therapists to enter the dreams of their uh, clients Ooh. or whatever. But this machine gets stolen and <laughs> the world erupts into chaos from there. But very, very trippy. And due to it being an animated film, just allows the lines of reality and fiction Mm. to be blurred even further. You know, like Inception does this pretty well and like has good visual effects that have like world altering, world bending scenes in there. But obviously when you're dealing with an animated film, you're able to do things that are just far, far more or far, far less photorealistic, but Mm -hmm. come across as believable and mind bending and really, really good. Um, Extremely confusing, very, very trippy, but a lot of fun fantastic film Hmm. one of my favorite animated films of all time wow so if you can't dream watch dreams by akira kusama or upstream color or waking life if you lucid dream watch paprika or a documentary about lucid dreaming if you are like my friend tanner who texts me um um tanner williams hi tanner he texts me a dream he had that he like was pulling a thorn out of his throat and then he was oh my like throwing up glass if you're like that oh see, my uh you should see a doctor <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but Good that one. is yeah thank you thank you i i did that whole bit just to lead up to that joke <laughs> yeah. um but mm. he actually he did text me about this dream where he was like in an art exhibit or he like 
was coughing one day and like reached down his throat and found like a stem to a plant, uh. and, like pull it out. Yeah. Very <laughs> gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then later he was in like an art exhibit and same thing started happening. He was like coughing and he went to grab it, but it was like thorny this time. And so as he pulled it out, it was like tearing up his throat and he was like coughing a bunch of blood. Sorry, this is very graphic. And like no one would help him. Oh like gosh. they all just kind of stood there. And I said, what if he was the exhibit? I just didn't even know it. Ooh. What if there's a movie about, which there kind of are movies about this. Nothing's original. But <laughs> what if there was a movie about paintings in art exhibits that become aware of the fact that like people are there looking mm -hmm. at them mm -hmm. watching them not helping them but they don't understand that they are art or like the people can't sense it hmm. anyway wow what a thought yeah <laughs> what a thought <laughs> all right well i think that kind of wraps up what I had written down in this very just, chaotic outline. I just want to give one special oh, shout yes, out to please. my sister. She also submitted a dream um, wherein Josh Groban pulled her up on stage at a concert and uh, just sang to her and serenaded her. And honestly, I could, I could hope for nothing more than to be serenaded by Josh Groban one day on stage. So, yeah, you know, I asked her to explain further and she just sent me the script to a star is born and put her name on it. <laughs> Very obviously. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, no, that does sound... Actually, no, I'm not going to lie. I don't want that to happen to me, but I, it sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would be lovely for her. It would be lovely for her. I'd yeah. love that for her. I would love that for her as well. That's the thing people say, right? Yeah, I love, love that, that for you. For you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that for, for Josh Groban. He should yeah. be so lucky. Oh, that's so nice. I have never even met your sister. <laughs> <laughs> However, I have spoken to her indirectly and I feel like directly she messaged me once or whatever. When your niece sent me the videos, do you remember? When my niece sent your you niece, videos? Your niece had your phone and was like sending oh, videos oh. on Instagram or something. Oh, yeah. And then I think she messaged me. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. So I have to, I super have possible. Yeah. Indirectly uh, yeah. communicated with her and, yeah. and she is, she is lovely. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, this was a very chaotic episode. That seems to be just a theme lately with our episodes. That's on brand. But uh, we'll be coming back next week with some movie reviews again. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully it was a good um feel like dreams are just something that people enjoy talking about they're very interesting yeah yeah fascinating and also they're inherently cinematic like yeah i feel like a lot of great movies deal with dreams in some sort of way or mm -hmm. even just the act of watching a movie is so close uh like resembles so closely the act of like dreaming hmm. you know more so than any other art form yeah watching a film is really as close as it gets to like putting yourself through a dream or having a dream mm -hmm. um so I think that forever movies have been linked to dreams, to people's dreams and always will be. And I'm excited to see what people's dreams bring to the screen in yeah. the future. Yeah. Yeah. What are they going to dream up next? Who knows? 
Who knows? Who knows? We shall see. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Like I said, tune in next week for more movie reviews. Also, let us know what you thought about this episode. If you have experienced anything um, that we kind of talked about, if you want to. Do you want to see any of the movies that we suggested? Which one do you want to see the most? Let us know. Any any input, any suggestions? Let us know. Let us know. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. You're being a real glitch right now, and I need you to stop. (laughs)